All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Grace Between Us. and The Grace Between Us. That's the other one that I do with my wife. Today's the daily dose of grace. You think I'd be on track for today? Got everything set up, ready to go after we missed a day on Monday. Uh, but today we're I'm back and uh, <laughs> got to know what podcast I'm doing. Uh, this one is the daily dose of grace. So today, actually, I want to talk about something super important. But before we get there, man, I don't know about you guys, but life is busy. It's been really busy for us uh, lately. Uh, and if you're joining us, go ahead and hit the chat up. Let us know uh, how things are going with you and your family. Uh, I see Melissa on there. Good to see you. Uh, but let us know how things are going with you and yours. And uh, today I'm actually going to talk about uh, a leadership principle, leadership concepts uh, that I think are very important for the culture and the world that we see ourselves in, you know, because we're coming up on elections and we see things happening in corporate media and in corporate in the corporate world. Uh, we see things happening in the church world. And, and we really want to understand what that looks like as far as leadership perspective. So we'll get there in a second. Uh, but one of the things that uh, is is just crazy for us, and I don't know about you and your family, but uh, we decided to take on more projects. Why not? We've got, you know, COVID's going on. We've got everything we have to do with that. We've got our kids who are being educated now away from their schools. They're doing the e-learning thing. Uh, we've got the church that we're, we're all invested into. Uh, so we thought maybe in the mix of all this and just the abnormalities of life right now, why not throw in trying to sell our house and buy another home? Why not? Why not? We don't have any, we don't have anything else to do. Women's conference coming up for my wife. Just everything going on and let's throw this on top of it. So we've been busy preparing our home to get sold and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have a couple folks uh, join in uh, in the bidding war as they call it and uh, gotten a couple really good looks recently. So pray for us. Uh, we want to sell that home quickly. We want to sell it for the price that we would like to get for it and go from there. So if you have anyone looking for a home in the Quad Cities, hit us up, man. We'd love to sell you our home. So today we're going to talk about failing leadership and how to spot it and what to do about it, really. What does it look like to see leadership that's, that's failing? Well, recently there was a Christian university who's whose leadership failed, in my opinion, they failed miserably. I don't need to name them. If you want to go look it up, you can look it up. Uh, but it, it's multi-generational in this university and in the church. And this individual was doing well for a while, but then fell prey to some, well, perverse sexual temptations. And it, and it totally taken him and his family um, out of uh, that that space and, and out of that leadership. And th their influence is probably ruined forever. In fact, I would suggest that they'll never get back the influence that they did have uh, once before. And, and maybe they shouldn't. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to play judge and jury on that just yet. Maybe they shouldn't. We'll see how things go. Uh, but inevitably, when leadership goes bad, it not only sours the organization, uh, but it also sours people around the organization, right? Those who are connected to the organization, those who put trust and faith in an organization. So when leadership sours, it, it bleeds down through the organization and the, the, the tentacles just grip around uh, people who are even sometimes on the fringe uh, of the organization, depending on, on how bad it is. So throughout life, we all have moments in leadership ourselves, right? We're leading our families. Uh, maybe, maybe we're doing our best just to lead a small group of people at work. Uh, maybe we're leading in a high capacity as a CEO or some other uh, of some other position in, in some high capacity arena. However we're leading, we all have a tendency to look at leadership from the many times the positive perspective, what we're going to get out of it, uh, how we're going to make things better, how we're going to make changes for different areas and different arenas, all great things. But if we never pay attention to the, to the potential leadership failures, 
Well, we eventually can be some of those that, you know, get sucked into that leadership vacuum and eventually find leadership failure in our own lives or in the community and in the organization around us. If we know how to spot potential leadership failures, then we know what to do and how to curb those when they come. So point number one for today is very simple. Warning sign number one is a shift in focus. Man, when you see leadership and they're dead set on goals, they're dead set on accomplishing goals, they're dead set on taking new ground, they really know where they're going. Even in your own life, once that leadership changes, once that leadership shifts, uh, I can guarantee you that there's a day coming where it's going to be rough for you. I can guarantee you when that when that shifts too much, when that leadership factor just moves away from its original intention, man, that becomes that definitely is going to become a recipe for disaster. In fact, Lori and I went to Oral Roberts University when we when we were uh, kids in college, and. Billy Graham gave the invocation for the start of the school, the first year it ever started. They're breaking ground, doing this beautiful ceremony. He prayed that if that school ever got away from its original intent or its original focus, that it would shut down. It's a harsh prayer to pray, and I'm sure Oral was very glad he did. The idea that if it ever got away from its original godly intent, its original focus perfect, uh, purpose, uh, that it would shut down. So in leadership, if we see too much of a shift in focus or drastic L-turn curve, like we just go on to something else and, and there's no reason or rhyme behind it, generally generally those are warning signs for something uh, that's going on in leadership that, that really can uh, derail what's going on or be a devastating factor. So right now, it's hip to be in the social media or I'm sorry, the, the social justice sphere. And right now it's hip to, you know, use certain phrases and things and and I've seen too many churches and leadership just make this L like shift really quickly with their leadership. And they're saying things like, well, we have to, we have to speak up now and it's a big deal. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be a part of that. But what I'm saying is when it's too drastic and it's too sharp, it makes me wonder if there isn't a failure in leadership coming or that's already developing. And the reason for that is, have you given yourself enough time and attention? Have you given your community enough time and attention to really deal with this appropriately? Or are you just jumping on the bandwagon? Are you just shifting focus because you think it's going to appease culture? That's not what we do as leaders. If we get invested in something, we invest in something because we know it's a good and godly cause. And because we know, and we've researched and we've developed enough to know that this is where God's called us to. Culture doesn't define or direct our leadership. So a shift and focus is, is definitely one. The next one, point number two, is poor communication. When you watch really good leaders, they're generally pretty good communicators. They know when and how to say what they mean. Uh, they're, they're good at describing where the organization is going and throwing vision out. When a leader becomes muddy in their ability to, to give vision, when a leader isn't communicating well and things are just happening rapid fire around you and, you, and you're really not getting context for what's going on, I guarantee you there's a potential, a big potential for some major leadership failure. And they're probably coming uh, probably faster than that leader understands and probably probably faster than anyone really gets. So I, I would really pay attention to communication if you feel upset in leadership. Uh, the third one, Something that people probably don't think about very much, but it's risk aversion. 
when leadership starts to break down, they become very risk averse. Good leaders understand how to take calculated risks. They understand that if they've weighed the situation enough, they can take really good risks and it'll pay off hopefully in the end. Now, every, anytime you take a risk, it's a risk, right? You, you could fail. But the goal is you take a calculated risk and in taking that risk, you understand that you're going to have a payoff on the backside of it. So when you become incredibly risk averse, the problem there is very simple problem. You are now guarding yourself above what's best for the organization. You're guarding self-interest above what's best for the community. You're guarding yourself above what's best uh, for what is to come for the for the organization. You never want to get in that space. You never want to be so risk averse that that you really can't do what God's called you to. You don't want to become so risk averse that you can't really be invested fully and totally in really where you're calling and where, really where God's pulled you. So I would say a good factor is that we have to pull back and find out, okay, are we going after what God's called us to? Are we all in on all levels? And if we are, I think we can be positive and understand that that risk aversion uh, just kind of just kind of goes away because we know, again, what God's called us and what God's called us to. So I want to encourage you, man, if, if you're falling into that temptation of being risk averse, uh, really, really understand exactly how God's uh, supposed to guide you and grow you in that. Uh, so the next thing there, uh, the next th thing there is an ethical slip up, man. Something happens uh, ethically, morally, uh, that you really didn't see coming in your leadership, or maybe in you personally, uh, you, you take a direction, you take a drift, and you didn't intend to go that way. And it's usually because there's something else broken down in the fabric of leadership. And as that starts to break down and de deteriorate, it opens the doors for slip-ups ethically. And, and again, sometimes it's not massive moral failings. Sometimes it's just an ethical thing where you, you blur the line a little bit where you wouldn't have before. And when you see leadership starting to blur these lines, these ethical lines, then you've got to ask yourself, okay, what's coming? You know, and if these are mounting, if mounting issues from, you know, one through four mounting, and you can see that there's more and more potential than for leadership failing. failing. So we've got to understand, right, right, there's a, there's a right and a wrong, there's an ethic. In fact, I see that in our country right now where, where there's a vacuum of leadership is mostly because there's an ethical failure. The ethics are bleeding the lines, and we really don't have this very strong right and wrong. We have politicians flip-flopping back and forth. We have politicians throwing blame on one another, which is the norm in politics. But there used to be a time, or I think there was a time in this country when we had such a standard ethical value that everybody could kind of buy into it and say, yeah, this is the ethic for our country. This is where we need to be. This is who we are. And that has become so very muddied uh, over time. And so I think that's a good example of how we can see things uh, kind of developing and moving and growing when there's poor leadership and that ethical line just starts to get blurred. The next one there, poor self-management. Man, poor self-management is a real deal that if you aren't really and honestly managing your life in the way that you need to in order to be a good leader, it's going to show up. It's going to show up in your marriage and your personal relationships. It's going to show up in your health. Your health isn't going to be what it could be. It's going to show up in your kids and your family life. It's going to show up in so many areas where you're not managing self. Poor self-management, again, in my opinion, is one of the quickest, quickest way, ways to realize exactly how broken sometimes leadership is. 
Uh, I've seen many leaders struggle at different times in their life with managing themselves properly. You know, they overlook things. Uh, they don't spend the time and the resources to take care of themselves or their family. They don't do what they need to do in order to bolster up uh, who they are on the inside, what God's called them to. So what happens? They start managing themselves poorly. And through that poor self-care and management, eventually there comes an outburst. Right, so we all have this emotional cup. We all have a, a cup, a, an emotional cup. I'll use my my Starbucks cup here. Uh, maybe I shouldn't do that product placement. I don't know, uh, but we all have this emotional cup. And once it gets full, we have to figure out how to manage it because once it boils over and spills over, we're going to react, whether we want to or not. That boiling point will happen. Once that spills over, how you react is is independent of many other people. Right, you act, you react the way you react. You might be someone that when it boils over, you get mad, you scream and you yell. You might be someone that when your emotional cup gets full and it boils over, uh, that you go on a spending spree and do a little retail therapy. Uh, you might be someone who when your emotional cup boils over and it spills over that uh, maybe you maybe you get quiet and you get distant and all you want to do is sleep because depression's kicked in. I don't know exactly how you react when your emotional cup is full and it boils over, but what I do know is that it doesn't have to boil over, that as tensions rise and that cup gets fuller and fuller and fuller. Self-care, proper self-management helps us mitigate the tensions in our life. But if you don't have a way to manage your emotional cup, you will spill out. It will boil over. You will have problems. And in that reaction is really what people point to and go, oh, there's bad leadership. Is it really bad leadership or just poor self-care? And for most leaders, especially church leaders, it's just a matter of poor self-care. You weren't investing in yourself enough to manage this emotional cup. You can hear, hopefully you can hear my, my ice chips ringing in there a little bit. You got to learn how to manage this emotional cup if you're going to be a good leader and not have blow-ups. If you're going to be a good leader and not potentially have problems in your life. If you're going to be a great leader and really motivate people toward the God-given purpose and destiny, you have to learn how to manage this cup, your emotional cup. If you don't, Again, you're going to have some major, major issues. So poor self-management is a massive problem. Part of my self-management is Starbucks, right? Simple. Get a little caffeine, a little kick. All right, start my day, calm myself down. You know, whatever you have to do in your day and daily and hourly to mitigate the stress, to bring the emotional cut back down. Maybe it's cutting off relationships. Maybe it's walking away from hard issues when you're stressed. Maybe it's learning how to manage your time better. Maybe it's an outlet of physical activity and exercise. Maybe it's just learning to eat better because you know the garbage you put in your body is doing nothing but adding to the stress in your life, right? So how do we manage our emotional core? How do we manage our emotional cup? How do we do proper self-management? That will mitigate so many problems. And the last point here that I want to bring up is lost love. Point number six, man, if you really are seeing a failing in leadership, eventually it comes to a place where they don't love what they do anymore. This is hard for pastors. This is hard for leaders. This is hard for CEOs. This is hard for people with a lot of weight on their shoulder. If you can't come to do what you're called to do every day and love every minute of it, even the hard times, even the difficult moments, even when it's when there's tension, if you don't love every second of it, you've got a problem. You need to walk away. You need to just shut it down, walk away for a while. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to get paid from. And if it becomes just another job for you, if it's just a paycheck, then the, you're, as the Bible says, you're a hireling. You shouldn't be doing it anyway. 
walk away for a while. Maybe you can manage that back in your life sometime, but right now it's not good for you because of ultimately you're going to hurt other people. When the love is lost, the wake behind you of broken people and broken bodies is massive. And I don't mean take a sabbatical and just take a little bit of time off so you can defer what the inevitable is. I mean, walk away so that you are not potentially hurting other people. Now, I, I absolutely believe this is the pinnacle place where things break down. When you've walked through it, you know, you've had a shift in focus. You're just not who you used to be. Poor communication. You're not communicating well with your team, with your spouse, with others. You're averse to risk. You don't want to rock the boat because you're afraid of what it means. You make an ethical slip and you start to blur the lines and, and you're not really as staunch as, as what you used to be. You're, you're not really holding to the line as you used to. And these ethical lines start to blow around you. When you have poor self-management, you're not taking care of yourself the way you ought to be. If that next level hits, that loss of love, where you don't love what you're doing, you don't love the people you're serving, you don't love to connect and grow with what God's called you to and where he's put you. If that ever happens, along with some of these other, other contributing factors, if that ever happens, you have to be ready to walk away. You have to be ready to put it up and say, okay, this is, this is, I'm done. I got to press pause. Now, maybe it'll be, feel like a sabbatical. Maybe it's not forever, but you have to be determined that this is as open-ended as it can be, that you're not coming back until you've fixed the issue, which causes you to grow back and fall back in love with one, with what you once had. If you can't get to that space, you need to figure out what you love and figure out where God's leading you and, and figure out where life is for you. In our lives, in, in my life, in Lori's life, we were youth pastors for many, many years. We loved the church we were at in Pittsburgh, loved it dearly. Man, we were in a city with three professional sports teams. There was sports going on all year all year round. We loved the community. It was great. The community was a full community of love and compassion. It was just a great church to be a part of. We loved the youth most of the time. We really loved the kids we served. And one day, we did an all-nighter. And all-nighters I used to be jazzed about, excited about, fun to spend time with kids. We had an all-nighter at the Y. We locked the kids in the Y. They would swim. They'd have all kinds of fun. They'd play dodgeball games. We'd have all kinds of fun with these kids. It was awesome. It was great. This one particular all-nighter, I was so mad at two kids. They were goofing around. They were, they were being idiots. But I was way more upset than I normally am. In fact, my secretary even kind of looked at me and was like, what, what's wrong? Like, you're not your normal self. And she was right. I had started to lose the love and passion that I had for what I was doing. I went to the senior pastor and I said, listen, I, I don't get it. I feel different. He said, yeah, the grace of God is moving. It's okay that you don't love what you used to love as much as you used to be in love with it. It's okay. That just means God is moving and God was moving in my life and I had to recognize it and see what was going on. And it hit my emotions before it hit my head. And I had to recognize oh, I'm not as in love with this as I used to be. I'm a little bit more on edge than I once was. God was moving us and transitioning us to plant a church. I had no idea exactly where it was going at that point, but I knew I wasn't the same person I was six months ago. And recognizing that helped me mitigate or put off an absolute failure in ministry and in leadership. Now, I could have continued on that path, and I guarantee you there would have been a blow-up sometime in my life that would have been devastating for me, for the ministry, for my life, for my wife, for our family. It would have been hard. But we put it off, and we allowed ourselves to recognize what was going on, and by recognizing that we were, I was losing that love, that sense of love that I had for it before, and moving into a new season in life, 
we were able to mitigate that and move into what God's called us to. If I ever come to the place, even in this church and in my leadership, where I don't love what I do every day, I'll stop. I have no problem with it. I've done it before. God's taken care of us. I'll stop. Cold turkey, I'll stop. Why? Because I know the devastating effects that can come when leadership breaks down. And I don't want to hurt anybody because I failed to just recognize the signs. So, I mean, I hope this helped you today. I hope this is something you can take with you. I know it's not something that we all think about um, all the time, but I think it's something that we can digest some of these six principles and figure out, okay, where am I at on the spectrum and try to manage our leadership accordingly. But I want to encourage you, man, as you're, as you're going through life today, look at your leadership, look at the leadership around you and, and start to recognize, not to pick at people, but start to recognize where leadership is at because you want to make sure that things are going well in your life. You want to make sure that things are going on the track that God's called you to because as you steady that track and as you steady that leadership, man, it's, it's going to make a big change in your life. So again, I want to encourage you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're watching uh, after the live version of this, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow, uh, hopefully with something else that's even more interesting that we dove in today. I know sometimes leadership principles aren't something we all want to dig into, but they really do help us move and maintain our life for the future. So thank you for joining us. Again, we'll see you next time here at the Daily Dose of Grace.